Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Again, Panarin making a nice play, sitting out, draws, and Kuchetkov is able to get to the post, and he'll take that away from Zibanejad. And now, a chance for Carolina to clear. Rangers trying to work this across, blocked by Slavin. They were trying to set up Kreider at the side of the net. Second chance push, and Kuchetkov holds the line. Excellent save by the youngster as Kreider was trying to jam home his 57. Rider, side of the net, back up top at Shea. Shea gets it across for Kuchetkov. Let's go! Timer! Vincent Trocek wires it home, and the Canes grab a 1-0 lead. With the draw, applying pressure now in the Rangers' zone. Stepan gets to it, go score! Derek Stepan with a one-timer, it's deflected, it gets past Shesterkin, and the Canes go up 2-0 at Madison Square Garden. Canes have numbers, Teravainen works his way in, shoots, he scores! Oh, what a play! Turbo time, Teravainen, a 3-1 lead. Left here in the second period. Jarvis has some space trying to work around Miller. Leaves it for Ajo. He scores! What a chop shot by Sebastian Ajo. Through Shesterkin. 4-1 Carolina. Zooms into the Hurricanes end. Nice spin away. Get the puck to Kandry. Miller on front. Kachetkov. Oh, what a save. And another rebound. Kachetkov makes the save. Miller through the blue paint. That gets to the top. Kept in by the Rangers. Lafreniere. Lafreniere backhands one off the board. Two gets to the side. Chances. Fandon. Kreider with it. One second. Shot goes off of a body. And the kings of the Metro Division are the Carolina Hurricanes. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Celebrate. If I could play Cool in the Gang without getting in trouble with ASCAP, I would do that. But I can't. So I won't, but we'll still celebrate. We'll pop bottles. Metropolitan Division champions, Carolina Hurricanes. As you heard right there, kings of the Metropolitan Division as the Hurricanes win the division that nobody ever thought they'd win. Admit it. When the NHL restructured the divisions and created the Metropolitan Division, we all looked at it and went, it's okay to admit this, we all looked at it and went, how are they going to do this? How are they going to win a Metropolitan Division that has the Rangers, the Penguins, the Capitals, the Devils? Remember the Devils used to be great? The Flyers? The Islanders were, you know, every bit as good as Carolina back in the day when they created this division. Probably better than Carolina. And we all thought, no way, never going to happen. 114 points. And the Hurricanes are Metropolitan Division champions. Incredible stuff. 
Uh, we're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Sammy Han and his crew do a great job. So go check him out for all of your home improvement needs. It'll make your home more beautiful, more energy efficient. It's all you need to know. Best customer service in the industry. It's going to be a different type of an edition of the Canes Corner podcast. Uh, real brief comments on the game. Then Eric Cole. Uh, we'll talk to the Stanley Cup champion and softball aficionado. I, I make jokes, uh, but Eric's going to join us. We'll talk about uh, not so much this game, a little bit about the game. I'm going to handle the game. We're going to talk about the kid. <laughs> we're going to talk about the coach. And we're just going to talk about the moment. Uh, so I thought that would be an interesting conversation for you and for me. And I, I love talking to Eric uh, as much as I would love talking to anybody. Uh, about this team, about this franchise, uh, just about the moment that we are all living in. And it is a great time to be alive, great time to be a Hurricanes fan, uh, Metropolitan Division champions. Home ice advantage through the first two rounds. And I think after watching tonight, we probably feel a lot better about two rounds. Don't you think? All right. Uh, let's get right down to it. I don't care how you pronounce his name. Piotr Kachetkov, I don't care. Peter, Piotr, Peter, Piotr, Pierre, Pedro, Peter, Piotr, doesn't matter. What we found out tonight is why the Hurricanes, as an organization, think so highly of him as a prospect. Now, this means nothing for the long-term future of him as a goalie. There's still a long way to go in his development. But what he showed tonight, in, in a very difficult position for a guy who's 22, who before even showing up to play Saturday afternoon in New Jersey, had only played 15 games in the United States. He spent the first chunk of the year in the KHL. That league shut down. He comes over. 13-1-1 for the Wolves. And now he's looking like he's heading into the playoffs as maybe somebody who might play. Not because they have to use him, but because they want to use him. It's really quite a story. Uh, but uh, Pyotr Kachekov tonight looked like a goalie that you can rely on. I don't know what uh, any other way to say it. He made some big saves in the first period. He made some big saves in the second period. He was part of three straight penalty kills uh, at the end of the first, a little bit of a wraparound into the second, and then back-to-back. Back, Hurricanes were shorthanded essentially for the last, for, for six straight minutes from the end of the first period through the first five and a half minutes of the second period. And the game could have gone the other way and not that he stood on his head, but he did make some saves. And then the Hurricanes get the goal. They get the goal from Vincent Trocek. It makes it one nothing. Uh, so after killing six straight minutes of power play, the Hurricanes get to their game. Although I thought they were, they got to their game in the first period. I thought Carolina was excellent in the first period. Uh, I think five on five. First of all, five on five. This, I think this game was pretty even. The Rangers are excellent, obviously. But the Hurricanes just stuck with it, and they played the kind of hockey that 
sometimes people forget that they're about. We get, we get lost over the, the over the long haul of the season in games that, not that they don't matter, they all matter. Hurricanes have 114 points. Uh, a lot of those points did not come against playoff caliber teams. So they didn't play enough games. Matter of fact, uh, the Hurricanes had 29 points out of 25 games, 25, 23 games rather, against the Eastern Conference playoff teams. 29 points, 12, 6, and 5. It's actually the second best, well, it's tied for the best point total with Florida, although Florida, I believe, has another game uh, left to play against playoff team. So Florida's probably going to end up with the best uh, point total against playoff teams, and maybe the Rangers will pass Carolina as well. Uh, but 29 points so far, not so far, they play the Devils left, so they're done. 12-6-5 record against playoff teams. So they had 114 points. A lot of these points are accumulated against teams that aren't playing anymore after this weekend. But all the points matter, and all the games matter. But once you realize you're going to be in the playoffs, and the Hurricanes knew they were going to be in the playoffs in December, once you realize that, it kind of it can become a slog. And a lot of times, the lights only go on when you're playing against other playoff caliber teams. So it's not playing down a level of your competition. It's that you know where the end game is. You know where the finish line is. And there were still things to accomplish, but as Rod said the other day, it's just hard to manufacture that. But you go into Madison Square Garden tonight, and you know what's at stake, and you know with a win, you win the division. Yes, there is another path. The Hurricanes could have lost tonight, won in regulation on Thursday against New Jersey, and they still win the division. But now, they did it the right way, which is very typical for Rod Brindamore, right? They did it right. Uh, He's the Mike Holmes of uh, NHL coaches. So we forget sometimes what this team is about, and tonight is what this team is about. The way they played, the the way they forechecked, the way they took advantage of opportunities, the way they caused problems for the Rangers. Uh, they lived in the Rangers zone for a good chunk of this game. Um, I would be curious to see what the zone time said. I would believe that zone time, especially five on five, uh, was pretty seriously in favor of Carolina. Uh, but the Hurricanes were excellent tonight. I thought the Rangers were good, too. I thought it was a great hockey game. Uh, I thought the end of the second period was bananas. Uh, and it was all over the place. A little too, probably, uh, too many chances both ways for Rod. Or too many chances uh, in front of his net for Rod. But it was just a, a great, fun hockey game uh, played by two teams that, I'm just going to say it, have a great chance of meeting again. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with Hurricanes, Rangers, Eastern Conference semifinals. There is nothing wrong with that. I hope we see it. Because if we see it, that means the Hurricanes got past game one. Very quickly. Um, 
Let me just throw out a couple of things that I really liked about the game. Penalty kill was great. Penalty kill was three for three. Rangers have an excellent power play. Um, I thought it was a game that we saw the real Tevo Teravainen. That makes me happy. Should make everybody happy. Sebastian Ajo was good. Andrei Svechnikov was good. I think the top line was excellent. Um, Ajo, Teravainen, or rather Ajo, Svechnikov, and Jarvis. I thought the second line with Trocek, I thought Vincent, he was one of my stars of the game. Uh, I think I had him as my second star of the game. I had Shea as my third star. Trocek as my second star. And I had Kachetkov as my first star. Uh, I thought Max Domi looked really good on that line. And I kind of think that's what we're going to see. Uh, Domi on the left, Trocek in the middle, Teravainen on the right. I think we're going to see. Uh, Svechnikov, Aho, and Jarvis in a week. The stall line stays together. And at some point, Kokaniemi is going to come back and center the middle, but man, Derek Stepan just knows how to win, right? Uh, but you'll have Kokaniemi, you'll have Martinuk, and you'll have Martin Natchez. And Natchez, I thought, played a sneaky, really good game tonight. Again, we're starting to see a little bit more from Natchez. It hasn't been every single night, but we're starting to see more good from 88. And I think that with the way Kotkaniemi is going to play when he comes back, a heavier game, I think that'll be good for Natchez because that fourth line will be able to take advantage of not all teams' fourth lines, right? But most teams' fourth lines, even in the postseason. And Like, I think the, uh, the Hurricanes at full strength, will have an advantage over the Rangers' fourth line. They'll have an advantage over Boston's fourth line. And they might be able to use that to their advantage. Anyway, um, I really liked what I saw from uh, from those players in particular, and it was nice to see. All right, now to um, a, two quick turning points. I'll talk about these with, uh, with Eric Cole. The, the Trocek goal... Just open the door, as we as we like to say now. It was the brand muffin goal. It just kind of opened it up for Carolina. That was followed by the Martinuk goal, which is really the step on goal, but it is the Martinuk goal because it hit him on the way through. It like people have said it hit him in the neck. I didn't see that on the video, but it doesn't matter. It hit him on the way through. It was certainly not a goal scorer's goal. It was uh, like a Jordan Stahl type of goal. Just whatever, just your body's in the way. The Teravainen goal right after Kreider makes it 2-1. The worst part about the Kreider goal was that Carolina was owning the Rangers at this point. They were living in front of Shesterkin. They had so many chances, uh, and that top line just had another retrieval, and Jarvis was going back for more, and he lost the puck, and everybody for Carolina was too deep, and it went the other way. It could have been a 2 on oh, but Kreider was so fast, he just got out in front of everybody. Uh, and he made one move, and Kachetkov just couldn't stop it. Uh, it's 2-1, but then a minute and a half later, Tevo Teravainen with just a filthy, filthy goal to restore the two-goal edge, make it 3-1. And all of a sudden, Carolina felt really good. And then Ajo scores 30 seconds into the third period to make it 4-1. And then you're just trying to fight complacency. But I thought Carolina played the next 12 minutes, 13 minutes. They played hungry. And that's a great sign. Lucky goal, 
deflected. I don't think it was double deflected, but it was definitely deflected on the way past Kachetkov to make it 4-2. Jacob Truba got it. It's like six and a half minutes left. Then with 111 or 106 or whatever there was, 102, um, uh, Lafreniere with an extra attack, you know, with the, with the goal, their goalie out, uh, six on five goal, makes it 4-3, and now you're sweating. And then Carolina got the puck deep. Shesterkin couldn't get out right away. It was probably, what, 20 seconds, 30 seconds before Shesterkin could get out. Uh, and really, the Rangers did have one chance. They had to win a faceoff. They didn't win it. Carolina won it. Uh, did they win? I think they won it. Uh, either way, they really didn't get a scoring chance after that. And the Hurricanes pick up a 4-3 win. Uh, so there's a lot of good to the game. And the best of the game was that, and I don't have to spend a lot of time on this, Peter Kachetkov looks like a goalie they can use. And he looks like a goalie they can use now. He was calm in the net. He was decisive with his movement. He did not seem at all like the moment was too big for him. I do not know what the plan is. I spoke... I spoke, I've spoken with several people about the Hurricanes and the health of their goalies. Here's the best I can tell you. If Freddie Anderson is able to play game one, it is news to everybody I have spoken with in the organization. I'm not saying he can't. I'm saying they don't know. He's going to have to be reevaluated again, probably tomorrow. Uh, when uh, when the Hurricanes get back to town. So he'll be reevaluated again tomorrow. But personally, based on the conversations I've had, I think they will be surprised if he is ready to go at the start of the first round. Now, the people that have reported, Dave Pagnota of the fourth period reported that Freddie Anderson would be ready to go uh, for game one. Okay. He's, he gets impeccable information. Nobody I've spoken with thinks that's going to happen. But it still might because you just never know. But if I'm the Hurricanes, Freddie doesn't play until he's damn near 100% because you have to think about this uh, long term. But let's just think about it short term. We've seen Auntie Ranta play. We know Auntie Ranta's good. But we know this about Auntie Ranta. The chances of him playing six games, and I think you have to assume that every series is going to go deep. The chances of him playing six games in a row in a playoff series, very slim. Very slim. He just doesn't have that kind of durability. With that said, the kid we watched tonight can play. I think Ronta is going to start Thursday against the Devils. I will not be surprised at all if Kachetkov, I'm just going to say, starts game two of the playoff series. I expect to see Kachetkov play in the postseason. Expect it. And to be perfectly honest, he might be better than Auntie Ranta at this point. We just don't know. He's a great unknown. He's 22 years old, played 15 games in the AHL, and has now played three in the NHL. 
and the kid looks good. Eric Cole, Hurricanes legend, and my friend, and a hell of a softball player, I'm sure, uh, here with us on the Canes Corner podcast. It has it, the, the Hurricanes. Have, I don't know why I started with that. I giggle every time. I know. That's that's what I'm here. I could have gone uh, legend of Western New York, but I won't do oh, that. And see, that won't get a giggle out of me. <laughs> Does Kevin Adams know how much you despise Western New York? A hundred percent. Yeah, he knows that he's like one of the only. He's like one of like two Western New Yorkers that I like. <laughs> Who's the other? Our financial guy. Okay. Very nice. Well, he's done very well for you, so. Yeah. 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 And then, so Kevin, Kevin and Rob, Rob Walter, uh, actually grew up in the same hometown of Clarence. And, uh, yeah. So it was a long time friendship. And, uh, yeah, he was very well. He's been very well, uh, for, uh, you know, my family and also uh, K ads and C ads. We were the original three. He since like, you know, he, I think he, at one point, he was representing close to, you know, 30 guys that were playing in the league. Really? So, Very nice. Good yeah. for him. Good for you, obviously. The Hurricanes had come off winning four in a row, but I don't think they really had played great in that four game winning streak. The best game was probably the last 30 minutes against Winnipeg. I didn't really like the game against Arizona, but Arizona's no good. It's hard to tell. I didn't like uh, either, either of the games against the Devils or the Islanders, but they had won just, four in a row. Yeah, they're hard games to play. They, they really are. Against those teams, it's very, very difficult to, to be playing how you want to play, you know, like in, in preparation for the playoffs. Like, if if you're just if you're playing the way that other playoff teams are playing, it's a good game and it's back and forth, and that's where you kind of see what's what and where everyone's at. When you're playing against you know these teams that are out of it, and you know they they're, they're a little bit more freewheeling and they're playing with a little bit more you know, carelessness, if you will, like it's difficult to play that game. (laughs) Like they're, 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 they're taking chances. They're doing things that you're like, well, wait a minute. Like what? Like, like normal, normal teams aren't, aren't playing the game, you know, this way at this point in the year, you know, the teams that are, that are playing for something and playing for, uh, you know, the postseason and playing toward the postseason aren't, you know, they're not playing that loose. They're not taking the same chances. Guys are on the puck and, you know, it's, it's a different game. And so, so games like what the Hurricanes have had over the last little bit, uh, while, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily prepare them for the playoffs as much as like a game like tonight against the Rangers where, you know, there's a ton of, you know, implications in the, you know, division titles on the line, um, yeah, you, but, but yet they they still found a way to to win those games. Right. That's that's the big thing is that they, you know, had to play out of character 
you know, for a little bit and try and, you know, you have to try and figure out like, man, what are these guys willing to do? (laughs) (laughs) That's so far outside the box of what, you know, everyone else is doing that, you know, that cares. And, and, and you sort it out and, you know, you get the, the late comeback in, in New Jersey and everything. And I think that was really big on a couple different levels, especially for, uh, you know, getting the rookie goaltender a first, like, big win yeah. and, to do, and to do it in that fashion for them, um, you know, where they, you know, come from behind. And, you know, that's going to be lifelong memory. You know, I mean, obviously it would be anyway, but right. I think that that adds a little bit more to it. You know, it's funny. He made two really good saves with the Devils up to nothing midway through the third that just gave Carolina a chance. And then uh, you manage to get two, and then you go to overtime, and Seth Jarvis uh, does a beautiful thing. But I, I, I want to talk about what we saw tonight because if Auntie Ranta was healthy enough to dress and uh, and be the backup, then he was healthy enough to play. Um, but they still gave the, the, the net, I was going to say the ball, like I did to Rod today. I joked with him like a baseball, like a manager wow. giving a pitcher the ball. They still put Kachetkov in net because I think they really did need to know that when the lights go on and it really matters, that he could be counted on. And I think they found out today that he could because, I mean, if Freddie can't go in the first round, it's hard to imagine Ranta playing six straight games. He's just physically not able to do it. I don't believe. Um, yeah, but the kid was great tonight. And I mean, like, is this is this some big surprise? Like, we have we never seen a scenario where a rookie goaltender comes in in the playoffs and you know, like, or steps in late. I don't know what you're uh, talking about, Eric. Team. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think that that is exactly why I referenced the New Jersey game. Right. Uh, as I think that, I think that he's going to be a very big, a very big contributor to the playoff run, uh, especially early on. Um, and having been, you know, a player in this organization. I know that there's been a lot of turnover and everything, but, you know, I've, I've played games. I, I played a game in the, you know, in the, in the bell center when, you know, Mike Commodore dressed, but never played a shift. Right. You know, like he was in the lineup and on the bench, but was like physically unable to play. Right. But just for optics, you know, we we needed him on the bench because we didn't have one else. Right. We were, were in the middle of the Doug Waite trade. We had, you know, guys that were going out to St. Louis. Doug Waite wasn't coming until we got to New Jersey. And <laughs> like, hey, Tommy, like, yeah, you, we need you to come sit on the bench and be, you know, the, like the you know, the you were the bumper between the forwards and the defensemen all night. <laughs> um, I mean, I ended up playing defense that night because of it, like a couple different times. Really? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like on the penalty kill even. Yeah. So, so it wouldn't surprise me one bit that, you know, Ronta, you know, he's not healthy, Ah. but like, 
hey, bud, we need you to put the pads on and go sit on the bench and watch or, you know, sit in the corner. I think they're, they're the backup goalie still in the corner at MSG. But no, anyway. No, he, it looked like Ronta was on the bench. Okay. Well, they, they did do a big kind of remodel of right. uh, of everything there. But, yeah, it, it, I think I think back in the day, the backup goalie, well, maybe he was on the bench because I can remember Tommy Brasso <laughs> telling me to give it to Mark Messier. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That sounds um, like Barrasso. <laughs> yeah, he was like, that guy does that to you again. He's like, you give it right back to him. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know that that's happening. But anyway, thanks. And yeah, I'll just, when I just, I'll just stay out of the way of his elbows. Um, but, uh, but no, I think, I think that there's a, a real strong possibility that uh, Ronta's not 100, percent but you know. Hey, we need you to come sit on the bench, and 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 I I think uh, I I think they would have I think they would have given the game to the rookie anyway, and just for the reason that you said, like hey, we need we need to see what right. what this kid when the lights are on. But at the same time, they're supposed to be going back and forth. You know, see, so he played in New Jersey, and you know they'll just bounce back and forth between the two of them uh, to close out the year. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him again on Thursday night against New Jersey at home. What about game one, whenever that is? I think I think that uh, I, I, I don't think that Freddie's going to be healthy enough. Right. Uh, and, I, and, and, and not so much that he's not healthy enough to play. It, like at, at that point, you know, for his situation, in my opinion, you need to be looking at kind of bigger picture, mm-hmm. which is sometimes tough to do in the playoffs. But like bringing him back at, you know, 90% and saying, hey, like, you know, I know this is tugging at you a little bit, but we need you. So it's a lot different for a goaltender. Okay. Right. Like, it's like, you know, for, for the skaters, it's, it's different. Like you can, you know, you can muscle out, uh, you know, through a playoff run. I mean, I don't think I ever was healthy during a playoff <laughs> in my career. Right. And if I ever, and if I ever started healthy, I certainly by the end of it did not finish healthy. Um. So I, but I think with the goaltending situation, it's a little different. And if you want to make a a long run, and you feel like you can you know, get through the first round, you know, with without the guys that, you know, quote-unquote got you there, that you, you, you let them take the extra couple days uh, or a week, week and a half, whatever it ends up being, and, hey, we need you at, you know, top form because, you know, we're going to we're gonna need to ride you into June. Right. And so I think that, that needs to be the mentality. Uh, when dealing with with Freddie's injury, um, you know we don't don't need him for the short term, but we need him for the long term. And I think in the short term, I think between uh, you know the kid and Rotna, I think like they can, I think they can they can sort it out and, and still be successful. Yeah, or uh, or the kid just uh, plays for the most part like he did tonight, and they uh, they never need another goaltender. Uh, of course, I'm I'm way out over my skis here, but I thought 
Um, if anything, the first certainly in the first two and a half periods, um, except for the one, except for the Kreider goal, which he committed too soon. Uh, I thought yeah. he was incredibly calm all night long. They're like not not a ton. He's very athletic, obviously, and he moves well, but it, he just seemed very in control of his movements tonight. Yeah, I would agree. I think uh, I think the the Kreider goal is like that's a part of the the speed of the game at the NHL level in right. comparison. Like, and, and Kreider's one of the fastest guys in the league. Yeah. Like, he, he really is. Like, the, the, that kid can skate. Um, and so I think that, I think that, you know, that goal was just, a, you know, a, a little bit more, you know, not so much committing early, but it was like, you know, trying to, trying to catch up to the, the pace that he was coming in at when he, you know, made the move to the backhand. You know, that's probably not something that, you know, Kucherskov's like had a, had a lot of a lot of like he hasn't seen that a lot, right? So, so you know, so that's going to be like a learning curve for him. Um, and you know, all, like regardless, all all of it bodes well for the future, like in you know for the Hurricanes for the franchise. Um, but you know, for the short term, I loved how. Like what you mentioned, he he seemed, you know, quiet and and you know just calm in the net. Like even like just some of the like going out and getting it sick. And, you know what I mean? Like he's just yeah, no big deal. We're right. good. Like you know, we got this. Like so, I, I think, and I think that um, like that mentality will kind of like I don't want to say invigorate, but like it'll it'll excite the you know, the veterans and everyone else like on the roster and uh, better on the ice when they're, you know, you're seeing, this, you know, this, this young, you know, rookie goaltender come in and, and he's got that kind of, you know, confidence and kind of swag and like, yeah, it's, 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 it's good for everybody in my opinion. We can spend too much time on things like the penalty kill, but how key it was end of the first period when you had to kill a penalty, late with the Rangers sort of shifting the momentum in their favor. Uh, and then yep. the two back-to-back ones, uh, essentially, because it was like 25 seconds left in the in the second period to start. And then they had to kill two in a row after that. And you get through all of that, and then you score the first goal. I mean, put, put me on the bench and uh, the amount of adrenaline that's running through you then. Well, that's the momentum change, and that's the... Like and, and that's that's playoff hockey, right? Like that's uh, you know, like a a big kill or a big set of kills can, you know, can kind of catapult the the team or the bench into shifting the momentum and heading in the opposite direction. And so when that happens, and then you you score that goal, not only does your bench perk up but the other team's bench just sank about five levels. Right. And, and that's, that's what playoff hockey is. It, it turns on a dime and you've got to be able to find a way to, you know, ride that even keel as, you know, Ronnie Francis always used to preach to us. Like just stay in the middle, you know, don't, don't get too high, too low. 
And we just, we, we just want to hover somewhere here in the middle. And, um, and I think that like, that was, that was probably like the biggest moment, like in the game. Like I know, you know, the late goals and everything, but no, like, like for me, like that, that's where the game turns and that's exactly how it goes in playoff hockey and all spring long, you know, it's a, a big kill. You know, I, like from personal experience, I, you know, you look back to, you know, us killing off a five on three in, in game seven, you, you know, like it, it's things like that right. that turn the tide in, in a, in a game, in a series and, you know, momentum shifts very, very quickly, uh, this time of, this time of year. So, so those are all like really big moments and really important factors that, you know, that it's great that the hurricanes have, you know, done very, very well, uh, with the special teams this year, but it needs to continue. Right. Uh, in, into the playoffs because those are game changing moments. Yeah, it's a complete. I mean, it's the the start of the start of the playoffs. It's a completely new season, and what you your power play from the regular season doesn't matter. Your penalty kill from the regular season doesn't matter. Uh, and last year uh, they got dominated when by Tampa's power play, and the at least the first round two years prior. They got dominated by Washington's power play, but it didn't cost them the series. Uh, it yeah. cost them games, but it didn't cost them the series. Ultimately, they just kind of outlasted the Capitals, and that was that was raw emotion and all of that. Um, but yeah. you, you talked about the the turning point, and the Trocheck goal was obviously big, but Carolina was so good through the middle and the latter part of the second period, several shifts. It just spent like a minute, 90 seconds in the Ranger zone, including the one that led to the Ranger goal, because that had to be a 60 second shift from uh, Ajo, Svechnikov and Jarvis. And then they pushed one too many times. Everybody was caught deep and it goes the other way. It could have been a two on O, but Kreider was faster than, than everybody, as you mentioned. Um, and then he scores, but then Tara Vinen comes back maybe two shifts later and, and steals the momentum right back. Yeah. And that's how it goes. That's, you know, that, that, that's one that's playoff hockey. And then two, like that's a sign of a good team. You know, when, you know, when momentum starts to get pulled away from you, you have, you know, guys on your roster that can go out and make plays and 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 change it back, or you know, it, like it, you know, in the same breath, it's it's a it's a sign of you know the the leadership like on the bench or the the influence behind the bench. Hey, 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 we, you know, we're all right here. Like, settle in. Like, right back to work. Like, okay, like, you know, that happened, but, you know, we, we just strung, you know, four or five shifts together where, you know, we're all over them. Just keep pushing. Same way. Keep playing the same way. Don't change. Right. And, and it's, it's the, the direction from behind the bench. And then it's, you know, the belief and the message from the leadership group on the bench and, you know, the guys that are vocal on the bench that, you know, they can write the ship 
in a short amount of time and the guys go out there and, and make plays and just continue with the process. And, you know, Roddy's talked about that a lot this year, but it's true. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I spoke to Rod. I mean, again, I, I talk to him however many times a week. I talk to him more than I talk to, uh, to my wife. Um, <laughs> it's close. It's close. My wife complains. Um, you're always talking to that guy. Why don't you guys get a room? Um, but I asked him not that long ago, like, what would you rather, I posed the hypothetical to him. Would you rather win a game by playing poor while playing poorly or lose a game playing exactly the way you want them to play? And he goes first. Well, I mean, I said like, uh, cause I, I, rather than saying playing poorly, I said, uh, when you throw out a stinker, he goes, well, we don't do that very often. Uh, which is true. It's the one thing about this team. Very, very few nights are they not giving max effort. Um, but he's still a process guy. Until the outcome is the only thing that matters, Rod is 100% about how it looks. And he yeah. he would rather lose the game playing it, doing it the right way, yeah. than win the game by getting away with it. Uh, so I think a game like tonight, he's probably pretty excited about, not just because they win, not just because they win the division. But for the most part, they did all the right things. Well, yeah. And and obviously, like, not on that level, but, you know, when I was coaching my son's team, it, same thing. Like, you you're, you focus on, on how the, how the game is being played. And for me, like, you know, with the kids at that age level, that's the most important thing because I'm trying to teach them how to, how to play the right way. Like, it's, it's about putting in the work, playing the game the right way. And if you do that, there's nine times out of ten, the results are going to go in your favor. Yep. If they don't, then, you know, sometimes you just kind of tip your cap to a, a hot goaltender or what, you know, like you can – you can search for, you know, the areas or the, the reasons why things didn't work out. And when you, you, you know, you throw, throw out a sinker, you, you know, you, you, you're, you're thankful for the, for the, for the victory. If you, if you come away with the two points, yeah. it's literally like, you're not happy about it. Like, you, you know, in terms of, you know, how it happened, but you're, 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 you're still just at that point. You're like, we we just need the points. Right. And, you know, what I mean, like, you know, at that point, you're you know, all you're saying to yourself, it doesn't matter, you know, how it happens. Like, we just, you know, we need two points. And so you're just you're you're thankful that, you know, it that's how it goes, right? But I think, you know, with with Roddy and you know just even just hit like his process like uh, as a coach and you know as a player and everything i mean like probably, i mean well you saw it like we we played double overtime games and this guy's in doing the same workout routine <laughs> in the gym right like after you know playing five periods of hockey and you're like hey like can we can we take one night off? No, like, gotta gotta stick to the routine, and you know what I mean. Like, right? I mean, 
oh god like okay you know what i mean like and that's just you know that's his mentality and you know his influence and obviously his influence is all over you know this this roster and uh i just think he's done such a wonderful job and you know i just you know what you know you're watching the game tonight and the, the highlights at the end and just a subtle little little just a little fist bump over right. to Gleason over to Jake like just <laughs> just a little bump like all right good job you know what I mean like it's not not a big hug big celebration hey we just won the division it's like all right good this is this is out of our way yeah too you know I mean? right it's it's yeah. the second one they you, know, yeah. you clinch the playoffs now you clinch the division and now it's on to the next they know exactly what they're doing um it's it's fun because you probably saw it. You played with him. Uh, you played with him as a rookie. Uh, he captained the cup team. So you have a, a deep understanding of what Rod is about. Uh, I kind of think I do too, having spent, especially the last few years, uh, as much time with him, talking, whatever, even after games. We walk down the hall after his press conference. Uh, we'll chat for five or so minutes after games. Um, the oh, kind so you're, of, you're that guy that lingers around afterwards. Yeah. Okay. If he'll talk to me, <laughs> I'm kidding. Right? No, 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 but no, no, but, but it's, but it's, it's, it's true. Like, I don't see him doing that with anybody else. So he's willing to do that. He's always, even when he was an assistant, um, you know, I'd be doing some stuff outside the locker room, sending, uh, whatever videos I was sending to news and Rod would come out and he would talk to me. He would, you know, we, we talked about, I'm not going to mention players' names, but he would talk about why players were struggling and what they needed to do. And he goes, one day I'm going to, sh- I'm going to sit down with you. I'm going to show you video of what he's doing wrong and all of this. And he would, so he took the time um, to, uh, I mean, honestly, I, I kind of, I kind of give him a ton of credit for my understanding, however limited and rudimentary it is of the game because of a lot of the conversations that we have had over time. Um, But he has taken that time. It's kind of the person he is really. Um, But it's, it thrills me to see how good he has been. I always thought he would be, but it thrills me not for any other reason than I know how much he wanted this for what he believes is his franchise. He might not, he'll never articulate that point. But that's why he's here, uh, you know, as one of the lowest paid coaches in the NHL still. Well, he's, he's here because he cares. And, um, you know, he, he invested himself uh, in this franchise a long time ago. And, um, and, and you know, we, we got to all see it day in, day out, right. like his dedication to the franchise and to his teammates and you know he was he was the best there was there was no one better um i mean if if somebody wants to try and argue with me (laughs) on that point i'd be more than happy to to go go down the line and go tit for tat with anybody um and so you know so so for me with you know with with seeing you know, the, the success that he's had as a coach. I don't think any of us that have 
played alongside of him or have spent a lot of time, you know, with him, like other, um, you know, other people, you know, in the organization and in the operation, you know, the guys behind the scenes that, you know, see, see the work that, that goes in, you know, day in, day out, like the players do. Like nobody in that group is surprised by, you know, his, his success. Uh, in fact, like, you know, I'm, I'm a little like upset for Roddy this year that like, you know, his, his name's, you know, not back in the, the conversation for coach of the year, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's already won it. <laughs> and so what, what, like, so what's, what, what's changed? You know what I mean? Like, has, has the personnel changed? So like, Oh, like, you know, he's not as good a coach this year because like the team is better. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Is is that or is that the parameters? Like, yes. or does does it only go to, or does recognition only go to guys that you know get brought in and they're in the first year, or you know, like they're the you know they've been become the missing link, you know, in in the shortest amount of time. Like, I, I just don't get it. So, so for me, that's that, that's a little frustrating to like you know when you're hearing, you know, the conversations about you know, who, who gets credit for what. And, you know, obviously Roddy would never, ever, like, say anything, and he'd wave his hand at it and be like, ah. He, he doesn't like, care. Yeah, like, I give a rat that. He doesn't know, care, like, right? No, that's what's great about it. He doesn't care. He doesn't no, care, he and he's never impressed or surprised by anything. It's one yeah. of my favorite things uh, when people ask him, and occasionally I catch myself going there, but I make fun of it as I'm doing it. Um, are you are you surprised by? And he's never surprised by anything. And, no, he does. Yeah. does that little that little head tilt to like his <laughs> right shoulder, and he waves his left hand at you, and he's like, "No, whatever." Like, you know what I mean? That that that, that doesn't matter. That shit doesn't matter. Right. Like, it, it doesn't. Boom. That's what Roddy does. Like, pay attention to it. You'll see it. You'll literally see it. Now that I point it out to you, you'll you'll see it a hundred times. Like it, <laughs> it happens at this move. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look for it. All right, I got one more thing for you, and this is um, I don't know the answer to this. I've been saying this for a while about the Metropolitan Division. To me, the significance of winning it is only that to do so, you have to be playing well. And to me, that's the only thing that you want going into the postseason. Is there something significant other than that about being the champions of the Metropolitan Division? Well, yes and no. Yes, because it's it's proven to you know, your, your organization and your fan base that you, you've been the best team, uh, you know, um, among some really, really good teams, especially in the East, the East is like the old West right now where, you know, back in the day, it was always a dog fight out West and you just, 
you know, it was it was borderline teams in the East just hoped that whoever was in the West went through the ringer and back four times before they got to the conference or the you know Stanley Cup final, and they had they had little left in the tank. And I think that a lot of like that philosophy now can be transferred to the East, where whoever comes out of the East, whoever's coming out of the West you know, it's got to be thinking, good Lord, I hope those teams all go, you know, game sevens and beat the snot out of each other. Um, because, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, what you did in the regular season is great and you can hang your hat on it and be, be proud of what you've accomplished. But when the regular season ends, it doesn't, and no one cares. No, right. it doesn't matter, right? Like it, it shouldn't matter to the players. It shouldn't matter, you know, to the fans. It, it, it shouldn't matter to anybody. It's certainly not gonna, you know, you're not gonna get more calls from the refs because you were the division champs or anything like that. Like it, it, it does not matter. It is a completely new season, and the way that Roddy always described, you know, getting to the playoffs and. Um, you know, getting through the regular season, he talked about like how, you know, he always felt it was tougher. You know, like the regular season was tougher. Like it right. was <laughs> like get, getting to the playoffs was, was the hard part. And, and, and in a lot of ways he's right because the season is a long grind. Man, and, <laughs> and this, and this year has been, it's been a little different because, you know, there was, you know, there was time built in for the Olympics, but then that didn't happen. And there was delays, there was COVID issues at time. You know what I mean? So, so there was, there was a lot of, a lot of obstacles, but, um, with how things are, you know, were, were structured this year, while it has been a long season in terms of the calendar, the, you know, the, the second half was, you know, had a, a, a good lull to it uh, because of the the absence uh, of the Olympics. Um, but then, you know, but then everybody kind of got to hit the refresh button and, and then you were playing, you know, I think pretty much every team in the league was playing every other day in March and, you know, into April. So, um, so getting, getting to the playoffs, was always, you know, the, the tough part. Like, you, you know, I mean, you, you look at it this way, you've eliminated half the teams in the league. Yeah. So, so and, great. Like, and many of, the, many of those teams <laughs> gave Carolina trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this year, right? right? <laughs> so you, you've gotten rid of half the league. So now half the league's out of it. Like, okay, now we can focus on, you know, the other 15 teams and – and let's go. It's uh, the best time of year to be playing, and you know, I can't. I, I can't wait to to see it around here. You know, just with how much buzz we had yeah. with uh, you know with with Duke and UNC this year, with the uh, you know the basketball uh, and March Madness and everything. Uh, it, it's time for the for the Hurricanes to be you know front and center and. Uh, you know the big ticket in town, and 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Hopefully you'll talk to me again. And I appreciate your time as always, my friend. Uh, good luck with your softball, ex, you know, extravaganza. Yeah, playoffs are right around the corner for us too, bud. So get ready. <laughs> I'll start. Are you growing a beard already? Oh, come on, am I growing a beard already? <laughs> but my, my beard is always in growth. All right, I'll let you go. I thank you. Uh, I'll talk to you very soon, man. Sounds good, brother. Anytime. All right, before we get out of here, I just want to point this out. With a few days left in the regular season, Hurricanes, 114 points. Uh, They won the Metro. Right now, Washington has 100 points. They are wild card two. They are matched up with Florida. Boston at 105 points is going to be wild card one, and that's going to be your first round matchup. It's going to be Carolina and Boston in the first round. The only thing we don't know, will the Rangers be playing the Capitals or will the Rangers be playing the Penguins? Washington lost at home to the Islanders tonight. Washington will now go to Long Island to play New York, and then they will end the season at Madison Square Garden against the Rangers. Uh, Rangers still have one more game to play before the Capitals. Uh, rather, uh, uh, Rangers have nothing to do. Who, who cares about what the Rangers are doing? Pittsburgh lost at home to Edmonton tonight, and the Penguins have just one game left. They host Columbus. Pittsburgh has to win that and hope that the Capitals don't win both. Otherwise, Pittsburgh is going to Florida. The Rangers will get the Capitals. And then uh, the Hurricanes, if they beat Boston, they went 3-0 and against the Bruins this year, but that doesn't matter. Uh, then if they, But if the, Cap, if the Hurricanes can advance... They get the winner of the Rangers and the Caps. See what happens. See what happens. The Eastern Conference playoffs, I said this before, only Florida losing in the first round would surprise me. That's it. The only thing that would surprise me is Florida losing in the first round. Anybody else can win a series that includes the Hurricanes losing to Boston. The Bruins are a different team, although maybe Carolina's better too. Uh, with the uh, with the young 22-year-old legs of Pyotr Kachetkov. Anyway, we got to get out of here. I thank you very much for your time. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. For the exterior of your home, on Hamlin Road in Durham, aluminumcompany.com. No place like it. Go check it out online, aluminumcompany.com. Free no obligation estimate there. Make your home more beautiful and more energy efficient. Also, follow the Cane's Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can give us a rating. You can give us a rating and a review if you like. We're here after every Hurricanes game. And we'll be here after Thursday's season finale against the Devils and every playoff game along the way. Thank you very much for spending some time with us. Talk to you Thursday night slash Friday morning. Bye. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsband.com or wherever you get your podcasts. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. 
click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.